coming up on podcast 1550. A cheaper BMW i4 arrives in the US. You get less car, but it's a lot less money. Stick around, I'll tell you what I know. Also on the podcast today, the UK's Royal Mail delivering electric letters. Sweden's EV market is coming along just nicely. And why some of the startup brands don't do quite as well with the established brands with some prospective customers. I'll tell you why. And those stories and a lot more coming up on the podcast today. So good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. It's Tuesday, 2nd of August today. My name is Martin Lee and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. And we'll start with the headline story. BMW announcing uh, the smaller eDrive 35 base model i4 for the US market, so a less powerful single-drive motor, but still pretty good range. It joins the i4 lineup alongside the i4 eDrive 40 and the M50. Used to have two options, now you've got three. So you've got a new base level option here, and then the eDrive 40 becomes the mid option. It starts at $52,395, so $52,000. That's $4,000 cheaper than the eDrive 40, but should you go for it? Well, it's got a 66 kilowatt hour battery, single rear-mounted motor, 281 horsepower, 0 to 65.8 seconds. So for that $4,000 you saved, compare it to the eDrive 40. Not 281 horsepower, but 335. Not a 66 kilowatt hour battery, but 81. The 0 to 60 time is less as well. Uh, Now, the smaller battery can still be charged at 180 kilowatts, so 10 to 80%, less than half an hour. But... It's a $4,000 offset, and from what I can see, bringing the price down to $52,395, you're not getting under any sort of incentive ceilings or incentive windows, any particular markets. Uh, those markets like New Jersey that have cash on the hood, I think it's like thirty-five or forty grand the limit. So, really, for $4,000, if you're spending fifty-two dollars already, I'd say just dump the extra. Get more power. Get more battery. Get more car for that $4,000. Or do you think... It needed a base model in the US. And would you buy that one over the others? Let me know. Uh, Now, let's talk about electric cars selling in the UK, passing half a million in total. The number of electric cars sold, pure electric cars sold here, is now over half a million, according to analysts. And uh, the (laughs) analyst, easy for me to say, uh, Matthias Schmidt, as reported by the UK's Guardian newspaper, it reached the milestone back in June. We'll overtake France this sometime this year because we're selling more EVs here than in France. The number of electric cars on the UK roads was 100,000 in 2019, and now it's over half a million. And, you know, just anecdotally, I look back at 2019 and driving an EV in the UK, it wasn't a rarity, but I didn't see too many around. We had a Renault Zoe back in those days. Now, fast forward, and it's, you know, I don't know if you have been listening to this podcast for five minutes or five years. But if you've been following EVs for a long time, and, you know, don't worry if you haven't, this is not being exclusionary, everyone's welcome in the EV party, whether you just got into them today or not. But for those listeners who have been around a while, remember how you used to get really excited when you saw another electric vehicle on the road? Now, we're going back a few years now, right? But it was like, whoa, look, that's a so-and-so. Now, I don't even notice unless it's a car that is kind of on our shopping list. So if there's a car that I'm talking to my wife about, like, we think we're going to get a Hyundai Kona in the next couple of months. We've loved the MG for the last year. She's loved it. She wants to go back to the Kona. We had a, a Kona, big battery, Ultimate, a couple of years ago. 
She really likes it. She wants to go back to it. We'll buy it used, probably. Or maybe I'll give my friend Will a DSG in Morecambe a call and see if he's got any ones on order. But we'll probably get a used one, save a couple of thousand pounds. Won't save that much. Um, so if we see one, I'll point it out and be like, do you like that colour? Whatever. But otherwise, there's no point pointing out every EV. Otherwise, it'd be here all day. Uh, so uh, from 100,000 in 2019 to over half a million now. And because of the co2 rules lots of the car makers do send evs our way by the way and so there's about 40 million cars on british roads in total 1.2 percent are now pure electric and that is rising quickly manufacturers are prioritizing the uk to meet co2 emissions targets car makers in the eu as you may know have been facing steep fines if they don't sell enough electric cars to offset the emitting cars that they set. These are all to hit targets. The targets were bought in by the EU, but a couple of years ago, when the UK left the European Union because of Brexit, what we did is we copied all those European laws into British law. So everything that we were doing in terms of CO2 emissions all got just copy and paste into UK law. I'm pleased we didn't leave that standard because it's good for the environment. But what it meant is that the UK was no longer a pool with the EU. You couldn't shift cars around the EU where uh, where you needed to. And so now, more polluting cars uh, preferred by uh, Britons, the sort of those larger cars, um, uh, smaller, low-emissions vehicles preferred in places like Italy, for instance. That's no longer the case. You can't kind of move them around, so EVs are coming to the UK in some decent numbers-ish, sort of, still long waiting lists. Tesla in Europe has lost its crown as the number one EV, uh, losing the lead in the European market for the first time in 18 months to the tiny Fiat 500e. And I love that if Tesla's going to lose its crown to anyone and not be the number one anymore, it would do it to a tiny city car that's very Italian and funky and brilliant. And it's a great little car, the Fiat 500e. Of course, Giga Berlin isn't really spooling up very quickly, but... Maybe 3,000 vehicles a week by October is what the recent news I told you sometime the end of last week on the podcast. I forget which day was the report. And then, of course, there's the impact of the shutdown of the Shanghai Gigafactory. Now, the Fiat 500e's win uh, is by no means by default. They have been pushing that car pretty hard. It gets great reviews. It's an all-new one. So if you are listening, by the way, and thinking, oh, isn't that a, a compliance car in California? Well, yeah, it was but they built a new one from the ground up on its own platform, and it's a pure EV. It looks the same from the outside, which is why you might be confused, uh, but the Fiat 500e, or the new 500, uh, started being produced in the year 2020 on a dedicated uh, electric platform, of course, owned by um, Stellantis, uh, and that's uh, that's made in Italy, and uh, it's a great little car uh, going down very well. Back in June, Inside EVs reported 16,500 Model Ys sold in Europe, double that of the Fiat 500e. So you've always got to look into the reason why, and it's because Giga Berlin has had a much slower start than Tesla would have wanted, and Shanghai was shut down. Shanghai is the export centre because of the COVID rules. They couldn't export cars to Europe, and so 
That's why. Look past the numbers and you'll find the real reason is the Shanghai shutdown, right? So now that Shanghai's open, now that Giga Berlin is spooling up, I fully expect a Tesla uh, to get back to the top of the sales charts in Europe. Now, two days ago, three days ago on Saturday, uh, the YouTuber Wu Wa posted a video showing the outside of Tesla Giga Shanghai. It's just thousands of cars everywhere. And they're all being, uh, this time of the month, uh, sent to export to Europe, mostly to Europe from the Shanghai Southport Terminal. Tesla's Giga Shanghai is a big export centre. According to Pandaily.com, in the um, latter or last month of each quarter, they focus on production for local orders. And then in the early part of the quarter, uh, it'll all be about uh, export and, uh, and shipping the most popular configurations around the world, normally from Shanghai to Europe at the first part of the quarter, which is what they've been doing uh, over the last couple of weeks. Tesla reporting in their earnings reports uh, that the Giga Shanghai upgrade is going well. Bits of it are done for the Model Y. Model 3 line still being upgraded, but 750,000 units a year will be the capacity. Now, how do you fancy your parcels being delivered by electric van? Royal Mail announcing they've surpassed 3,000 EV vans in its UK postal delivery fleet uh, with low emission zones from London to Bristol, Glasgow, Cambridge and Oxford being prioritised. Royal Mail delivers... Uh, a target, they say, of 3,000 electric vans across the UK with 70 delivery offices transitioning. They're buying more vans from uh, Peugeot, which I would suggest means that if they're buying more vans from Peugeot, then the existing ones must be Peugeot. I'm not sure the exact split of that fleet. Uh, Bristol was the most recent one. And uh, a further 2,000 Peugeot vehicles. So that would be the e E-Crafter? No, that's too big. E-Rifter, is that what it is? Um, those Peugeot vehicles, uh, more from Stellantis. Let me have a look at my little spreadsheet here if I have of Stellantis vehicles. That would be the E-Boxer, E-Rifter, or E-Traveller. There you go. I'm such I'm such a loser. I actually have a little spreadsheet to hand. I knew where it was, um, of electric vehicles by manufacturer. And there we go, to remind me. Because you know, the old brain slows down sometimes. Um so there'll be one of those uh, from Stellantis made in France. There we go. Always good to have my notes handy. Uh, right, let's talk a little bit about BYD. You know, yesterday on the podcast, uh, or uh, whenever it was, again, brain fail, I was saying that BYD surely, with the Paris Motor Show in October, will tell us all the details of their European expansion. Uh, fast forward 24 hours, I got that prediction wrong, didn't I? Because it took just a few hours after yesterday's podcast for BYD to announce their intentions. Germany and Sweden, those are the first two markets. Germany and Sweden, BYD will distribute with the Hedin Mobility Dealership Group. I don't know those, but they're big in Sweden and they're big in Germany as well. Hedin Mobility, one of the largest dealership groups in Europe with 230 stores and operations in eight countries, but big in Sweden and Germany, are doing a deal with BYD. Those will be the first two countries' uh, deliveries before the end of the year. Now, Sweden doing really well in the sales numbers. July saw EV sales take a 50.1 market share. Yes, it's more than half. By 0.1, we'll take it. Uh, market share in Sweden up from 37% this time last year. July's combined plug-in share of 50.1 uh, is 26.3% pure EV. And yet today, pure EVs, 27% of the market. Now, the overall market was down 15%. 
Boo. Understandable. No one's buying cars. The EV market was up 11%. Hurrah! Everyone wants an EV. Uh, diesels hit their lowest share of the modern era. Uh, now 11%, up from fi- uh, down from 15% last year. And in the next couple of years, diesels really will be just a rounding error in Sweden. No one's buying them. Uh, Volkswagen's ID4 was the top car, followed by the MG's at SEV and the Kia EV6 in second and third, respectively. Now, coming up on the podcast soon, we'll have a look at why EV startup brands that deliver direct aren't doing so well when connecting with customers and why battery recycling has got a bit of a problem and it might not be the reason you think i'm talking about stick around those stories they're on the way now let's talk about bp british petroleum uh, otherwise known as the people behind bp pulse the company that bought the old charge master network and promptly i think screwed it right up there is a reason why bp pulse are the very last resort for me to use i haven't used one in months if over a year. Uh, obviously cancelling um, my subscription to BP Pulse. They spend a lot of money at things like Fully Charged and Goodwood Festival with lots of people coming into the EV world being like, oh, BP, okay, I recognise that name. That's great. Lots of sign-ups. And then people I know who then have experience of BP Pulse going, oh, oh, this is what you told us about, Martin. Yes, right. They're investing £50 million in an EV battery testing centre. It's going to be in Berkshire, at the existing headquarters of Castrol. So I read this and I thought, yay for BP, a £50 million investment into EV batteries. Then I read a little bit more and BP said the new facilities will be to advance the development of fluids inside electric vehicles. In other words, the small bit of oil that is needed inside EVs, there we go. The chief exec of Castrol saying, I quote, we are committed to supporting electrification of transport and take up of EVs. The growth of EV fluids is a huge opportunity and we aim to be the market leader. Two thirds of major car manufacturers use Castrol in their EV fluids as part of their factory fill and we supply Castrol EV fluids to the Jaguar Formula E racing team. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, this is BP just spending money on their oil business by the sounds of it, but because all of our EVs have a little bit of oil somewhere in a gearbox here and there, maybe a bit of cooling sometimes, uh, then that's what BP are spending money on. Oh, why am I not surprised? British Petroleum. Uh, British Petroleum has also unveiled monster profits today of $8.5 billion. That's £6.95 billion for the second quarter. Not for the year, not for the last couple of years, for the quarter, the second quarter of the year. Powered by soaring prices at the pumps following Russia's invasion of Ukraine is their highest quarterly profits in 14 years. So if you still have a petrol car or maybe you're listening to this podcast because you want to go EV one day but you've been struggling struggling with the price at the pumps and the last thing you want to hear is another oil company making record profits on the quarter. 6.95 billion I did do the 50 million that that EV fluids thing, that last story, 50 million divided by 7,000 million, which is the profit for the quarter, to work out if it was even a significant investment. And my calculator gave me something to the power of minus nine. And I was like, it's such a big number. I I remember from school when the calculator did that. Uh, Holy bazookas. My goodness me. Uh, Thank goodness I don't drive. Uh, fossil cars, if you still do and been struggling with prices, uh, that is British Petroleum giving you a giant 
Foxtrot Oscar, isn't it? Right, let's move on. EV startup brands aren't doing well in connecting with prospective customers, writes Green Car Reports. Tesla, Lucid, Rivian and Polestar have touted desirable products and direct sales business models that they say avoids dealerships. But that doesn't connect as well with prospective customers if you are in the luxury or more expensive end of buying EVs, according to a recent study. The consultancy firm Pied Piper ranked 25 brands. Rivian was last. Polestar and Lucid uh, were also at the bottom. Tesla was ranked 21st. When you look at the other luxury brands, uh, Mercedes-Benz was up there at the top, Cadillac, Infinity, any of those brands that have a big dealer presence ranking very, very high because it turns out that when people are spending lots of their own money, they want to go and, you know, touch the thing that they're going to buy and talk to someone about it. It's the first time for the annual study that they included Lucid, Polestar and Rivian, which all don't have the standard franchised dealership model and all do direct sales as well. And I'm always told, look, direct sales is the only way to go forward and moving to direct sales as well to get that relationship data with the customer. And yet many car shoppers find that that dealership experience is something that they are looking for. Now, I'm sure lots of people don't want the haggle. As always, there's good dealers and bad dealers. Um, They want to be ripped off. They don't like the haggle. They like fixed pricing sometimes or at least transparency and honesty. But also, they don't want to spend a load of their money on something that they've seen a you know render of on the internet before it turns up in their driveway. Very, very interesting study. I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. Now, what's the problem with battery recycling? Long-term listeners know I've talked about this for a long time. Every major car maker has an EV recycling program, or at least an EV recycling press release that I've been sent over the years. You know, Redwood Materials uh, going big on recycling, and yet there's one big problem. There aren't actually that many EV batteries to recycle. Almost all of the electric car batteries we've ever made are still in their cars, say Nissan. And we've been selling cars for 12 years, said Nissan. Uh, The worry once was that what would we do with millions of EV batteries when they don't no longer are good enough for our cars? The glut of EV batteries that was predicted has yet to materialise. Nissan's been making the leaf since 2010, and initiatives to recycle lithium-ion cells bundled in EV batteries are around but not being scaled up because there's not the input at the beginning. According to Forbes.com, it's clear that most EV batteries that will outlast the vehicles, and even then, when they have a worthwhile second life, it's more likely that they'll be taken out and put into a shipping container and some sort of grid backup or, you know, whatever. Uh, Nissan was speaking at the Stockholm launch of the Aria electric crossover. Now, the International Energy Agency say the world has enough capacity to recycle 180,000 tonnes of EV batteries annually. Uh, And by the end of 2040, um, there could be 1,300 gigawatt hours worth of spent batteries in need of recycling, say the IEA. Look, that's 20 years away. I wouldn't worry about it. These batteries are going to have a second life in home storage or grid backup. They're going to have a third life somewhere. And at some point, we'll take them apart and use the raw materials. And that is happening on small scale and what they're doing is impressive in recycling and a lot of these materials and metals actually when you further refine them you take the battery apart you recycle it you refine the, the the metals they get even purer they're even better than the original batteries there's just nothing happening on scale 
at the minute. Because you know why? EV batteries just keep going. Now, do you mind watching a couple of adverts to get some free juice? Uh, Two dozen public EV charging stations going into New Jersey at no cost to the drivers using them, or indeed um, those that have the land on which the EV chargers are going, because revenue is being generated from advertising. AdRev subsidising these new chargers in New Jersey. Uh, Installed by Volta Charging. 25 public chargers on curbsides in Hoboken. A small city across the Hudson River, Hudson River from Manhattan, uh, says GovTech.com. The project comes at no cost to the city uh, or for EV users. It's a level two charger with big ads on the big screens and Volta covering all the costs and then selling the advertising. I don't mind being advertised to if I get a little bit of free juice. The city even gets to use some of that ad space as well for their own messaging. Finally, Greenpeace have an app which reveals which each EV maker has a stance on deep sea mining. Greenpeace has launched a new interactive website where you can see what your favourite EV car maker uh, has to say about deep sea mining. Tesla's chairwoman, Robin Denholm, used her 2021 CEO keynote to call on governments to invest in new nickel and lithium mining, but NPR pointing to a peer-reviewed paper that says deep-sea mining can have a lower carbon footprint than terrestrial mining because you're not doing things like deforestation. However, you've got groups like BMW and Volvo, and obviously spin-offs like Polestar, along with Samsung and Google, have pledged to abstain from sourcing their minerals from deep sea. Greenpeace says that deep sea mining is highly destructive and untested in an industry where minerals are sucked up from the ocean floor and waste materials pumped back into the ocean, leaving sediment plumes that smother marine life and threaten vulnerable ecosystems. Tesla's Robin Denholm saying that mining and refining industries must decarbonize and technologies for clear lithium extraction being developed by various companies. And that's your podcast for today. Hope you enjoyed it question of the week taking a wee break but it will return soon thank you to everyone on patreon um our patrons are being billed at the minute first second of the month it should go through on your cards thank you very much thank you so much for your continued support i cannot do this i can't pay my bills for all the time that i put into this podcast without that help and it'll be free it'll always be free for anyone who wants to listen or watch this show but it's the patrons that uh, that do all the heavy lifting in terms of you know paying paying my bills. So thank you so much. Every penny that gets spent by Patreon on this podcast stays in the podcast. It doesn't get spent on anything else apart from making this show. And if we need, I don't know, a new cable, a new wire, uh, maybe some new batteries. If I'm going to do some stuff on location, uh, all all things like that, all funded by Patreon. I couldn't do it without you. Uh, to the individuals and companies that support the show, thank you. Our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, and National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Juice, wherever you are, making public charging simple. With one card, one map and one app, and milbrookcottages.co.uk, five-star luxury cottages in Devon. You can book your getaway and charge your EV while you're there. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.